Hi, I'm George. And I'm Alex. And we're the writers here on Uncommon Commons. We're just popping in to let you know that we have an upcoming Halloween special for you. It'll be full of tricks, treats, and original stories written by us. It'll be airing on October 31st. Stay. And remember, nothing, nothing is real. Uncommon Commons is a horror anthology podcast written and recorded by George Plank and Alex Vitale. Content warnings can be found in the episode description. Today's story was Fair Game, written by Alex Vitale. Wow, I can't believe they set up all this so quickly. We have bumper cars, a carousel, and a Ferris wheel. Yeah, that's great and all. But how did they get all of this into the apartment building? Huh. Probably shouldn't think about it too hard. Want to ride anything? Are you sure that's a good idea? You were really going to town on that deep-fried gazpacho. Yeah, probably not a good idea to go on anything too fast. How about the Ferris wheel? Sure! Nothing bad has ever happened on a Ferris wheel. And nothing ever will. Let's go! Wow! I can see my apartment from here! What was that? Looks like we're stopped. Yes. Oh, this isn't good. I think it's better than the alternative. Which is? Rolling away. Fair. Well, it doesn't look like we're going anywhere for a while. Did you bring your story with you? Always. The carnival was back in town. Finally, Lucy had felt as though it had been centuries. It had, in fact, only been a decade, but ten years was a long time to a child. Lucy had been six the last time the carnival was in town but she would finally be able to go to it by herself. Her parents had run through the usual script. Don't stay out too late, don't leave Dominic's side, and absolutely no alcohol whatsoever. By now, Lucy was well acquainted with that old song and dance. It wasn't like it all mattered anyway. Not even carnies would sell alcohol to minors with that many witnesses around. She didn't really intend to leave Dominic's side anyhow. This was her first chance alone with him, and she was going to make this a date whether or not Dom realized it. Lucy was determined to let him know exactly how she felt about him. That was, if she could only find him. The carnival popped up next to an ill-used and dilapidated church just at the edge of town, as it did every time it came around. Lucy was waiting at the carnival entrance for close to 20 minutes, leaning against rough brick and decades-old missing children's posters. She and Dom had agreed to meet up there a few nights before. They were to meet at 4.15 p.m., just outside the carnival gates. Admittedly, Lucy had gotten there a little earlier than anticipated, but hey, who could blame her for being excited? It was nearing 4.30, and Dominic was nowhere to be seen. Lucy tried not to wonder if she'd been stood up. Just then, she spotted an afro bobbing over top of the rest of the crowd, and caught a quick flash of an unmistakable, perfectly cut jaw through the break in the people. There he was! Lucy watched as Dominic disappeared past the ticket counter and through the gates. Did he expect her to follow? Had he gotten her a ticket? He'd better have. From where she stood, she could just spot another person walking beside him, though it was tough to tell who it was from this angle. That wasn't good. This was supposed to be her night with Dominic. Lucy quickly shouldered her purse and rushed after him, pushed along with the flow of the crowd like cattle in a slaughterhouse. 
When she finally bumped into the ticket counter and made to go past, a flat voice stopped her. Ticket, please, miss. I don't have one, Lucy replied dumbly, then quickly tacked on. My date already got one for me. He just went in if I could just go get him. The carney didn't look impressed. His pointed, slim features drooped down into a frown. No ticket, no entry. I told you my date bought me one. Just let me go get him. I'll be right back. Help a girl out, won't you? She glanced down at the worker's name tag. Tony Fontana. Huh. She'd gone to school with a boy named Tony Fontana, ages ago in kindergarten. She hadn't seen him since they were really little when he'd suddenly moved away. He'd gone to live with his grandmother. This guy could have been him, she supposed, but his face didn't look familiar at all. Listen, Tony, my name's Lucy, Lucy Sanders, and I really, really, really need to go into the carnival, okay? This is supposed to be the most important night of my life. She gave Tony the most sugary smile she could manage, complete with puppy dog eyes. Tony didn't look up at her. He simply shuffled through something under the counter. Suddenly, he jolted up, bolt straight. His frown had been replaced with a brilliant smile sweet enough to rival Lucy's. Would you look at that? You're right. Got one ticket left here for you. Miss Lucy Sanders. Here you go, Lucy. He handed over the flimsy cardstock. Lucy took it with a furrowed brow. Did Dominic leave this here for me? Why hadn't Tony just said so in the first place? It was left here special for you, Miss Lucy, replied Tony, corners of his mouth cutting sharply upwards. Head on in. Before she could even think of another question, the river of people swept her along and into the carnival proper. She squirmed her way out of the thrum and to the base of the ferris wheel, left a little dumbfounded and wondering why she was confused in the first place. Whatever. She had more important things to worry about now. Stepping off to the side and out of the way, Lucy backed herself against a wall and scanned the crowd for her soon-to-be boyfriend, her back pressed against rotting, dirty, candy-striped tarp. After five minutes of balancing on tiptoes and squinting her eyes, Lucy was just about ready to give up. Then, out over top of the crowd, poked what looked to be the top of Dominic's head. Lucy practically fell over herself as she broke into a sprint. Dom! Hey! Dom! Over here! He was headed for the midway, bobbing along with the crowd. Through a break in the people, she glimpsed a female figure walking just behind him. Anger bubbled in her chest, but she did her best to clamp it down. Whoever that was probably wasn't even with Dom. Lucy tried to be polite while she shoved past people in desperate attempt to reach him, but as she bumped and bounced against carnival attendees, the faces of the crowd blurred together, and once again, Dom was lost. A family with a screaming toddler pushed past her. Lucy toppled into one of the games as a carnival hawker started up his spiel again. Come one, come all, and try your hand at balloon darts. It takes guts, it takes skill, it takes legendary precision. Do you have what it takes to win the grand prize? Step right up and give it a try. At this point, he seemed to take notice of Lucy at the foot of his pedestal and turned his pitch towards her. You there, young lady, why the long face? There's nothing to be glum about around here. Give it a try. He held out a dart to her, but Lucy just shook her head. I don't want to spend my money on this. No need, little lady. This one's on the house. He pushed the dart feather end towards her again, and this time Lucy hesitantly took it. With a magnificent flourish of his arm, the hawker stepped out of the way and signaled for her to take her shot. Lucy threw it, winding back her hand and flicking her wrist sharply. The dart wobbled through the air and hit its mark, dead on. The yellow balloon burst with a loud pop. Out fluttered a little slip of paper, which the hawker deftly snatched up. He held it out from himself dramatically, as though he were an official reading from a scroll. "'Small prize,' he announced and applauded thunderously. 
A few of the nearby carnival goers joined in, giving Lucy a spattering of weak cheers. She smiled sheepishly and scooted closer to the counter. A small pink teddy bear was placed in her hands, her spoils of the balloon war, and the carny fixed her with the widest grin she'd ever seen. For a moment, she felt as though it had too many teeth. He bent down closer to her and murmured, "'Wonderful performance, Lucy.' She blinked up at him, bewildered. Did she know this man? Something akin to panicked confusion began to scratch at her brain. That didn't last long. A passerby caught their shoulder with hers and she stumbled backwards, once again swept up by the aggressive flow of the crowd. Lucy clutched her little pink bear in her hands and stumbled along. As faces swirled around, she was reminded of her real goal here. No more of these silly carnival games until she found Dominic. The volume of people was getting much thicker than it had been when she'd first arrived, and it was getting more and more difficult to find quiet places to step off and search for her bow. She trudged along dutifully, lest she be trampled, and walked on her tiptoes to see over the heads of people around her. Bright-colored lights kaleidoscoped the tents and booths of the carnival, and deafening, and deafening calliope music sounded over all else. Lucy shouted Dominic's name as loud as she could manage in a feeble attempt to summon him, but it was to no avail. Her delicate voice was lost to the cacophony of the carnival. Then, by some stroke of luck, she spotted him again. His athletic frame was pushing through the mass of people. He was making his way, briskly, towards the Ferris wheel. Now Lucy could see that he did, in fact, have a companion. It was hard to make her out, but the blue floral fabric was sauntering beside him. The other girl was wearing the same dress as Lucy was. This could not be happening. A new fire was lit beneath her, and she took off after Dominic again. The crowd crushed against her, more tightly packed than she'd ever seen people before. She was churned out towards the Ferris wheel, jostled all the way. The faces around her seemed to go out of focus as she locked her eyes on Dominic, their features lost and unimportant compared to her real goal. There he was, dutifully making his way up the queue. Why wasn't he waiting for her? Now Lucy was starting to let herself get mad. They were meant to enjoy the carnival together. He couldn't just ditch her like this and replace her with another girl, no less. With a renewed burst of energy, Lucy shoved her way through the last of the crowd and broke free at the entry of the queue line. Dom and his other little floozy were almost at the front. Dominic! Dom, please, wait up! Either he didn't hear her or he didn't care. She tried to skirt around the queue, around the metal railings, and the crowd was impatiently and incessantly pushing forward. Lucy was forced into the queue line. "'Excuse me, could I please go ahead of you? "'My date is up there. Can I please go up?' "'She pleaded with the couple in front of her, "'but they were unresponsive. "'Up ahead, Dom had reached the front of the line. "'The carney opened a carriage for him and the mystery girl "'and shut it behind them. "'Dominic, wait!' "'It was too late. "'He was already making his way up to the top of the Ferris wheel, "'and Lucy had no way of catching up to him now, "'short of climbing the structure. "'She turned around and made to squeeze back out the way she'd come, "'but the couple behind her was just as unmoving as the ones in front.' Lucy was boxed in and forced to join the inexorable march towards the base of the Ferris wheel. She was ushered along, and as the last couple in front of her entered their carriage, the massive metal structure loomed over her head. Gears were grinding, and mixed with the tinny calliope music, Lucy could barely hear herself think. The carney operating the ride fixed her with that same broad grin as a games hawker had, and gestured for her to get into the next carriage. "'No, no thank you, I want to exit.' The carney's smile did not falter, nor did she respond. She stood stock still, one hand on the open door and one gesturing towards it. Lucy shook her head again, muttering out more excuses, and turned to find a way out. The line behind her was growing restless, and they began to push back against her. She could not return the same way she came, 
and there was no clear exit off the platform they now stood on. Just as she was contemplating leaping the railing, she was grabbed roughly by the shoulders and thrown into the carriage. It took Lucy a moment to orientate herself, and by the time she'd sat up, the door was closed and the Ferris wheel had started to move again. Stop! No, I want to get off! I want to get off! The carney, tall and gaunt, stood there with that grin plastered on her face, waving to Lucy as she climbed higher and higher. For a moment, Lucy could have sworn that the woman had no pupils. From this angle, Lucy couldn't even see Dominic anymore. By now, his carriage had already reached the top, and Lucy was well on her way to following him. Why not? That's all she'd been doing all night, anyway. All that work just to find out that she'd been replaced. She slumped in her seat with a huff and crossed her arms. So much for her date. The ferris wheel creaked in pain as it turned upwards, and fairly soon Lucy had reached the very top. From way up there, she had a pretty good view of the carnival grounds. People churned in all directions on the ground below her, bumbling dumbly into one another as they scrambled to get on rides and to play games. Her anger had boiled down now, and more than anything, Lucy felt betrayed. When she'd suggested that she and Don go to the carnival together, he'd seemed really excited. It was a pretty good act, because clearly he didn't mind casting her aside and replacing her with another chick. The other girl probably wasn't even that pretty. Sniffling, Lucy leaned against the metal railing of her cart and rested her chin on her arms. There was nothing to do now but watch everybody else having the fun that she was supposed to have had. As she stared out over the grounds, a wave of nausea came over her. Her head swam with a sudden dizziness, and for a moment Lucy screwed her eyes tightly shut. It took a moment for the spinning of her head to stop, and only then did she open her eyes. As the world blinked back into view, for the briefest of moments Lucy saw a new sight below her. The tents were gone. In their stead was a large, withered field, dotted with rocks and encircled with wrought-iron fences. When Lucy blinked again, the carnival was back. The ferris wheel kept its slow turn going as Lucy watched the crowd below. As it drew nearer to the ground, she noticed Dominic and his date making their way towards the back of the fairground. As far as Lucy knew, there wasn't anything exciting happening that way. It looked like a bunch of leftover carnival supplies, and there weren't even that many people that way. Yet they walked on until they reached a little tent tucked in at the edge of the fairgrounds. Lord knows what they were planning to do inside there. Lucy's carriage had almost completed its rotation, and just before she docked, she caught one last sight of the pair. The girl held open the flap of the tent as Dominic stepped inside. For just a second, she turned, and Lucy could see her face for the first time that night. It was hard to make out features from this far away, but Lucy could have sworn she had on the same cherry-red cat-eye glasses that Lucy did. Then she followed Dominic inside. Lucy was led off the ride by the same grinning carny who'd put her on it. That superficial smile was still stretched across her pointed face, but she remained as silent as ever as she directed Lucy off the platform. Dejected and confused, Lucy was about to head towards home when a familiar voice stopped her. "'There you are,' said Dominic, out of breath as he ran up to her. "'I've been looking everywhere for you, Luce. I thought we'd said we'd meet at the front gate.' Lucy didn't even bother to keep her mouth from dropping open. "'Dominic? But how? What?' "'And you went on the Ferris wheel without me?' he asked. "'Man, you must have been really excited.' "'What happened to that other girl?' demanded Lucy, indignantly. Dom's arched brow knit together in confusion. Had his features always been so sharp? "'What other girl? I've been waiting up front for you since 4.15. Alone, might I add?' Lucy was quiet for a long while. She'd been up at the gate at four. If Dominic had been there, she would have seen him. "'Do you think I'm stupid? I saw you with another girl.' You probably mistook someone else for me. I swear, Lucy Sanders, I've been waiting just for you. He shook his head and laughed, taking her arm in his. 
Well, at least I found you. Come on, there's something really cool I want to show you. He started walking, and Lucy had no choice but to stumble along after him. Dominic strode with purpose in the same direction Lucy had seen him walk just a few minutes earlier, with the other girl. The crowd seemed to part just for the pair as he led them through, and soon there was no crowd altogether. That dizzy feeling Lucy had felt earlier had returned in full force. The edges of her vision melted in and out, creating a fuzzy vignette of the world around her. At the very corners of her vision, she could have sworn the candy-striped carnival tents disappeared. They were replaced with something smaller, something made of carved stone, something engraved. The noises of the crowd faded into the soft calliope music, and that too faded into the quiet of the night. "'Just keep walking, Lucy,' Dominic whispered in her ear. His voice no longer sounded as familiar. Ahead sat a lone tent, its peak crowned with the harvest moon. Only now did Dominic let go of her arm, but Lucy did not move. He swept in front of her, now much taller than Dominic, at six-two, had ever been. With a swift flourish of his arm, Dominic parted the flap of the tent and gestured her inside. Against her own volition, Lucy stepped through the threshold into the darkness. Dominic followed close behind, resting one of his long, thin hands on her shoulder. His curled nail dug into her muscle. The tent was dimly lit by those same cheap plastic lights that had illuminated the carnival outside. Their warm, twinkling light cast her shadow along the floor. Next to it sprawled another shadow, much longer than her own. It ran the length of the dirt floor, melting in with the shadows at the far corner of the tent. There sat a huddled figure, one that even from where she stood, Lucy could recognize. He no longer stood at his full height of six-two, but the cut of his jaw was unmistakable. Lucy had spent the last six months staring at it from across the classroom. Someone, or something, crouched over him. It was long and gaunt, and its spindly fingers were busy carving a symbol into the flesh at the back of Dominic's neck. If, he noticed, or if it hurt, he made no sign to show it. Whatever was branding him, it still wore Lucy's dress. The figure behind Lucy lifted his hand from her shoulder and stepped around. He blocked her view of Dominic. Her eyes trailed up along his long, long legs for what felt like hours. His pale skin glistened in the artificial lights, and his hollow, white eyes glimmered with what could only be satisfaction. Lucy barely felt her knees buckle underneath her, and she slumped onto the dirt. Her vision blackened around the edges again, but even as consciousness faded out, she could see the figure that was not Dominic kneel beside her, reaching for her own neck. "'Don't worry,' his many voices echoed, bony fingers caressing the back of her head. You'll come to call it home soon enough. Well, that was an eventful day. Ready to head home? John, we are home. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you want me to win you a teddy bear before we head home? No, not particularly. Excuse me, good sir. I'd like to try my hand at a rousing game of balloon darts, please. Why, step right up and try your hand at a game of skill, why don't ya? I don't trust you with pointy objects. Well, would you look at that? We have ourselves a winner. Here you go, Sonny. Gee, thanks, mister. Say, have we met before? Can't say that we have. I think I'd remember a face as handsome as yours. Oh, stop it, you. I mean it. What are you doing later? Okay, this is getting way too weird for me. Wait! Jane! Your teddy bear! Uncommon Commons is a podcast.
It is written and recorded by Alex Vitale and George Plank. Our theme song was written by Charles Adam Robinson, and our logo designed by Sam Vitale Kaufman. Special thanks to our EA, Rebecca Tewksbury. You can find us on Twitter at un underscore commons, or on Instagram, uncommon underscore commons. Email us directly at zeronullstreet at gmail.com. Stay, and remember, nothing is real.